and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read this week. Amy, what did we read? We read Once Dishonored by Mary Jo Putney, which is weirdly, I think, book five in a series yeah. called Rogues Redeemed. Yeah. And this was a recommend when I finished some book and it said, have you also read this on the Kobo? And I was like, no, I haven't. Let's uh, give it a go. You, algorithm. So no one bears responsibility for the recommendation of this book other than the Kobo my algorithm. e-readers algorithm. Love it. So, Kimberly, do you want to do the spoiler-free recap or do you want me to give it a go? Uh, I don't really mind. I'm I am happy to give it a spoiler-free recap. Okay, do great. You want to, do you want to – you can have a go if you want to have a go. Uh, we don't normally decide this before we get this far into recording. And an sometimes episode. we also don't. So I'll I'll kick it off, and then you can wrest it out of my hands when okay, I cool. invariably go astray. So you can't get too deep into this one without spoiling. No. Mm. All right, go on. It's set in Regency England, just after the Napoleonic Wars, which seem to be a common thread of a bunch of the novels we've read recently. That's true. And we have two main characters, Lucas Mandeville, Lord Foxton, and Kendra, the former Lady Densher, Denville. I can't remember. I think it's Densher. But she's former in that... She's been divorced. <gasps> her husband divorced her, which was quite a to-do in Regency England, as it's in very it was difficult. very hard to do. So you had to – there was, like, a whole legal proceeding where you had to prove adultery on the part of the wife and then – or, like, be, like it had to be adultery and it had to be, like, serious misconduct. And then there was another, like, religious element of it where then once the civil part had happened, you dissolved the union in a religious sense. But women couldn't get divorced. It always – the men could initiate you, you a could divorce. You could divorce your wife, but you couldn't divorce your husband. Yeah, that's right. So she's was in this marriage where, you know, she was very, very, very wealthy and then basically her husband couldn't get hold of her money because it was settled by her merchant grandparents on her in a very specific and binding way, untouchable way. But she has a nine-year-old son who she's essentially lost custody of and that's sort of her goal is to, you know, reunite with her son. And But because she – obviously you have to do really bad things – for the courts to approve a divorce. So she is absolutely dishonoured. Like, she is totally reputation destroyed in the eyes of the Tom. So we meet Kendra when she walks into a ball that she was mistakenly invited to. They're like, oh, your name must have been on my list. I must have forgotten to delete you from two years ago or And she walks in and silence, which attracts the attention of Lucas – who, when he walked in, it was a bit of silence. So they are drawn he to each other. He is also dishonoured. He's got a reason for being dishonoured. He's back from the Napoleonic Wars after being presumed dead for a long period of time. She's No one will talk to her. She's sort of the social pariah because of the divorce and apparent adultery that she did. And his is cowardice at war. There was a thing that happened that got construed as cowardice and somehow and kind of... I, for my liking, never fully explained how in the complexity and mess that is war at that time where there was less 
kind of ease of communication, how everyone in London even is aware of what happened to him in the war, but they all are. So then the story is basically about, as you might assume from the title, the two of them trying to overcome their reputational damage and their dishonour. Trying Kendra's to trying yeah. to reclaim her control over her life and get her son back. And and Lucas just wants to feel good about himself again and help her out, Yeah, basically. So they trot around the country trying to follow little clues and try to work out a big way to basically prove to the Tom that Densher was a total ass and basically yeah, set her up. Yeah, because obviously she was set up by her husband. She didn't do the things that he said she did. The other characters we have then are pretty much Lucas has a best friend and his wife and they're Simon kind of the other offsiders. And, and Suzanne. Sarah or Suzanne. Suzanne. And there's an, another sort of Lord character who's basically like a sort of investigator. That's right. And, and his wife is like a philanthropist she who runs, runs a, like a shelter and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. All of whom smack of being characters from the other five books. Which we haven't read. I no. think we should probably say that yeah, absolutely. we're diving in at book five here, mm-hmm. not having read any of the rest of the, the story. So that spoiler-free recap will come across as being really vague. And brief. Because... Well, it just kind of has to be. Yes. If we tell you anything about the specifics of Kendra and Lucas... Really, that's what 90% of the novel talks about, so there's no point in reading the novel. I guess. I think you could probably say that she... Well, it has to be adultery and really bad public adultery. So he made it look like she had seduced a whole bunch of his friends and they had to like testify in court and stuff that that Mm. had happened. So he did that, and so they needed to be able to disprove that hadn't happened. And Lucas escaped a POW camp, essentially, and... Very dishonourable. It was super dishonourable that he had done that. And then he was so ashamed he just sort of, like, hid in the woods. Or he, no, no, he was he... so ashamed he wandered... A Franciscan monk found him, and he was a healer, like a bone... Setter. Setter and a healer. And so Lucas joined with him as kind of self-atone, like... A, kind of a trying to atone for his dishonor because he felt like this kind of really humble life would be best for him. So he kind of hung around with him for like seven years until his friend Simon came and found him. And thus he has returned to London. The end. Do I get to go first or do you get to go first? That's a real question. Pick heads or tails. Heads. Hey Siri, toss a coin. Yeah, I get to go first. All right. Okay. So, so Kimberly, what were your thoughts on Once Dishonored? I didn't love it. (laughs) Okay. There were lots of things about it that I didn't like, which we can go into. But the thing that was kind of, you know, because I'm so furious when I finish it. And then, you know, it's a couple of days since then or a week or whatever before we record and talk about it. And the ire kind of cools. So what I'm left with in the kind of cool ire uh, after having finished it is it was so exposition-y. I didn't feel like there was any character growth or development. It felt more like Mm -hmm. events happened. But everybody was already super accepting and very woke before the events occurred. So they were just things that were happening to them. And I think that for me, so there was a lot of like day one, you know, all this awful stuff had happened. Kendra's ex-husband had really like dragged her name through the mud and said all these awful, awful things. And then these really prominent, respectable men had gone on 
you know, on the stand and testified that that was true and that it was she was the one who did those things to them or with them or whatever. And so for all of these people to just come out of the woodwork and be like, oh, we believe that you didn't do it. Like, we believe you. No one, she kind of didn't, for, for like being in hiding for as long as she was in hiding, there was kind of no real point where she came up against the prejudice that was supposedly yes. stopping her going yeah. places. I wrote down all of their thoughts were on the outside. Oh, my goodness, absolutely. Because it was, like, really 2D and there was so much unnatural stilted dialogue. Like, there's so a scene stilted. that people come out of the woodwork and there's this whole page of everyone going, no, 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 just call me by my first name. Yes. And I was like, that went on for, like, a page. It went on for- <laughs> Who has that type of conversation? And then there was, and even them, no. even the two of them, he was like, I like you. And she was like, well, yes, I like you as well. But we are dishonoured. So, and he was like, you're right. It's probably not a great idea. And she's like, no. Because oh, she's it's not, not allowed because to get married. She can never marry again. Once you're divorced, you're not allowed to get married. Anyway, and it was just, I mean, don't get me wrong. If that's what you're feeling like, if you want just a bunch of people who are very emotionally, I guess, enlightened and very in touch with how they feel and articulate in the way they're going to explain that. And as soon as something happens, they know exactly how they feel about it. And then they explain it to the person in the room with them. And then that person really hears them and then re-explains it. Like everyone was practicing like active listening skills and would yes. would parrot oh. stuff back in the most understanding yes, way possible. Yes, and the most unnatural way. The oh, problem with was that was ridiculous. it meant that there was, like you there said, no, no tension. tension. There was no and no character development. No. And you're just like, ugh. And then the same thing I felt bled into the exposition of plot. So as things happened in the plot, mm. that too was delivered in this really unbelievable kind of way. I think it's it's more about that, how many cliches there were and the how convenient. Yeah. Like it had... Oh, how convenient that she's remembered that. Yeah. Oh, because, how convenient. And also, it was gypsy convenient. magic worked. Oh, uh, yeah. There was there was gypsy magic, and anyway, I just thought it was badly written and not very good. Basically, was what I came down to. I thought the plot points were unnecessary, and it had like a nice. It it kind of did like its denouement using theater, and I do love books that oust or embarrass or settle scores using. Amateurs productions of theatre. Like the Mia Vinci. The, the Mia Vinci, kind of Vinci that I really liked. And Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. And so that I really enjoyed, but that was like two seconds at the end. It was the last chapter, uh, pretty and much. And I actually found this quite hard to read. I had to start it twice. Mm-hmm. And when I started it the second time, I couldn't remember why she was dishonoured. And they didn't quite go back over it again. They would just go, and then she explained her story again. And I was like, I'm not. I'm not rereading why you were dishonored. Like, I remember not caring enough when I read it the first time, so I'm not rereading it. So I just had to kind of work it out as the book went on. Because also, she blurts out her entire story to a veritable stranger. They've met, like, once before 20 years ago or something. To a veritable stranger, two seconds after, like, he walks her home, they dance for five minutes, and then he walks her home from the ball. And then she's like, here's my story. Here's my life story. And then he's like, I will put everything on the line to help you solve this injustice. And I was like, okay. And pretty much that's a verbatim quote. Pretty much. (laughs) And I was like, okay, if you say so, friend. So, yes. Not a recommend from you. Not a recommend from me. And, yeah. I also feel like I've been kind of Mary Jo Putney burned before, and I don't know if I can do another Mary Jo Putney. What else did we read? There's something else we read that I was like, 
no. Because we've read her in the novellas and yeah. quite liked her. This is not our first foray into reading a oh, full Mary Jane I've Putney. completely forgotten. I wonder and if I it was a hardback like that we got. Could have been. Mm, okay. Anyway, I'm not right. sure. Anyway, but you, what are your – I feel like we kind of did it together, but what were your thoughts on Once Dishonored? <laughs> like you, this – I took a couple goes at this. I got – like seven percent in and then I was like mm, it felt boring so I restarted and then yep. you finished reading it and I was really impressed at your persistence so I did like three chapters a night like I did for Daring the Duke yeah I thought that in this whole book tension and believability were completely lacking oh my goodness it ridiculous. just was like had this really weird structure like it, you're five percent in and all the exposition has happened. And then yeah. exactly like you said, she stood and told her story. Yep. End direct quote. Mm-hmm. And then there are all these pe- moments of people going around and saying things like, oh, this is my very severe trauma. Yes. Or like, and this is a quote, I was kidnapped, sold into slavery and raped by Barbary pirates. And then they just... Move, move on. on, have a hug, and don't address it further? Well, because I, I think that's been addressed in a previous book. I know it might be, but they've never met each other. Yes. And you want to create some form of believability. So you actually, yeah, it just, I was like, and that's that's it, Kendra? Well, then Kendra was like, so she must, she must know how I feel. The end. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, so there were so many moments where I was like, oh, I roll. And so many like, oh, this is so convenient. Like yes. they're going to search for someone and that person is in precisely the village that they thought that person was in. The first time they go looking for them. So there were just so many like cliche after cliche, coincidence after coincidence. And then Lucas has this, he's a bone setter, but he also can like, you know, if he just sort of holds onto your sore bones... That, it's not you know, that. It's, we're broken it's, and, yeah. and, and like completely broken. You've yeah. been walking with a limp for 17 years yes. and he like pictures this like warmth. Flowing from He can God. cure the plague. Well, he... <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's only one tiny moment and literally it is one... So this is how much plot this book has. It's one tiny moment that he like faith heals consumption. Like, bone setting I kind of get. Do you know what I mean? Being like, through my hands, I'm going to re... Like, so the guy that he helped who was having trouble walking, he managed to, like, manipulate joints and muscles. And so that's like, you know, I get... A bit more plausible. It's a bit more plausible and a bit more like, at the time, perhaps they thought something that has its roots in science was magic. But no, no. He faith heals consumption. Like, like the, you, they walk in and she's like, we've only got, like, we think she'll be dead by the end of the night. Yes. And then she's, like, up and walking. The next day she's like, this is the best I've felt in years. And <laughs> I, at that point, I was like, oh, for Christ's sake. Had to yes. close the book and put it aside because I was like, crime and Ella. That's ridiculous. Did that just happen to me? Yep. So there were these bits that were just, like, eye-rolly, implausible, and just silly. Like, I found his dishonour, it just came across as silly. It was silly. Because it wasn't really that much. It was like, oh, and he was also there? It was very much this book about Kendra's, yes, it was. you know, yeah. dishonour. The idea of a woman wronged, and I do think it is sort of like it could have been really interesting, that notion of how difficult her life would have been post being divorced. Mm-hmm. I think it was badly handled. I and... think it shied away. I think it made this big thing about, like it, it created this big messy web for her to exist in and then asked us to sympathise but never showed us what it looked like. So we never, mm. she talked about, 
how been awful really it hard. was, but we never saw any of that. No. So. And there were too many things that were convenient and everyone believed her. Like there was yes. no, there was no tension. There, there was, no was tension. She didn't have to convince anyone no. except for, you know, the end through theater. She never and, had to learn. But even then everyone was like, oh, well, obvi-. like that wasn't oh, even. Oh, that's really obvious. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm totally on board. You just, why didn't you explain it to me like 15 years ago? I would yeah. have totally believed you and you've been so wronged. It was very, very, very long, but the chapters at least were really short. Yeah, they were. Which was good. So my two chapters a night was achievable, although it took me about, not a week, but about three months to read this book. So I think my summary is I thought it was really boring and I didn't really care about anyone. And it's so Um, weird when it's boring when so much happens. So much happened. So much happens in this book. I just was like, eh. I didn't really care about them. But the writer had a better grasp of the laws of time than Daring the Duke. Oh, it's a better so book than Daring the Duke. So it was a better book than Daring the Duke, but there were moments where I was having the same reaction as a reader. I didn't enjoy it in no, the same I way won't. that I didn't enjoy Daring the Duke, and I thought it was clunky. I thought it was, it for was someone really like Mary clunky. Jane Putney, I thought it was super clunky. Mm. But that's, yeah, it would be interesting to know when she wrote it in terms of her arc of, you know, yes. sometimes often I read these things and I'm like, what? And then you go and look at it and you're like, oh, this is only the second or third book. That you yeah, and it was written in 1994. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So not a recommend from not either of us. Not a recommend from either of us. And I did not like anyone enough to want to go back and read more about Banbury Pirates or um, <laughs> whatever, spy networks or whatever else was the million and one things that were going on in this book. I couldn't care less. So not a recommend. Uh, no, not a recommend at all. Thank you. Totally trash. Can Sometimes we, we forget to say that. It's oh, we trash forget to. This is a trash. To engage with the name of the podcast. I would like to unbuy it. Oh, you bought it. I forgot. Ages ago when it was recommended yeah. and then it's been taking us such a long time to read this book. It did take us a long time to get to it. It's been on yes, our list for it's ages. It's not a library loan. Hmm, unfortunate. Well, thank you very much. Hopefully our reading Once Dishonored has prevented you from having to read Once Dishonored. Mm. This is one of the books that would definitely be high on the list or eligible. This would be a very good book to choose for our potential alternate podcast where we spoil it completely. Uh, and go through yeah. every single thing that happens. Books you should never read. Don't ever read this book. Time. Just listen to this, like, 20 minutes of us going detailed through all the bits of it we hated. This would be high on the list for that, so we'll have to remember this one if ever we get the time and energy mm-hmm. to do a second, like, once-a-month podcast that is just us trashing books. At any rate, thank you for spending this amount of time with us, Woo-hoo! and we will be back again next week. We will, Kimberly, we To will. bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations. And until then... Happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.